Hi, my name is Supriya Nagarajan and I'm the artistic director of Manasamitra, a South Asian arts organization based in Dewsbury, West Yorkshire. I'm also a musician, composer, a vocalist and I like to explore my heritage, my tradition uh, which is rooted in South Indian classical music. My mother tongue is Tamil and so for this Opera North residency I have chosen to explore that heritage through both poetry and song with Sash Trevitt, a poet based in York of Sri Lankan Tamil heritage. My work's always been concept driven and I love to explore the human voice. So I have done a lot of work on lullabies and my project Lullabies Sony Cradle has traveled the globe. Almost all of my work is rooted in a crossover between Indian singing and uh, the British context. So I've worked with a number of collaborators over the years, uh, some of them being constant collaborators like Duncan Chapman, who's worked with me on the Lullaby Project and will also be lending music to this series of podcasts that I'm creating for the Resonance Residency. For the residency, both Sash and myself were really keen that we explore our sort of view of the Tamil literature and poetry and culture and heritage and we settled on work songs. Both of us come from completely different perspectives. Although we speak Tamil and we have that in common, there is a lot of difference in the world that Sash comes from in Sri Lanka and the world that I come from in Tamil Nadu. I grew up in Mumbai and my Tamil uh, connections were going back to see my grandmother and my uncle and cousins uh, during the holidays. And then of course I moved to uh, Tamil Nadu after I was married But my connection with Tamil was mainly established through songs and singing and poetry and lyrics. And that connection stays. I'm able to speak, read and write the language. And this project was inspired by my trip to Trichurapalli in January 2020, just before the whole of the world went into a lockdown. I was traveling in India at the time and I visited the the majestic Sri Rangam temple in Trichirapalli, which is uh, one of the smaller towns in Tamil Nadu. And I was completely um, immersed in the Tamil writing seen on the walls of the temple. And that sort of triggered my uh, interest in the literature and the background and uh, my own heritage. And I decided to um, work on that through the residency. But talking to Sash, we realized very quickly into the discussions that um, the Tamil heritage and literature is such a vast blue sky sort of approach to explore, uh, exploring uh, anything. So we decided to narrow it down. And a few discussions later, uh, we decided to explore work songs and how these songs play such an important role in the lives of uh, the ordinary people working and living um, in the the Tamil-speaking districts of both Tamil Nadu and Sri Lanka. And so 
through these podcasts uh, three podcasts we are hoping to do exactly that in this first podcast we want to talk about uh, the fishing communities based off the coast of tamil nadu um, not far from rameshwaram and danushkodi which is the furthest point of the southern coast and the nearest point uh, to the coast of sri lanka so um this is what we have done we have looked at uh, how the fishermen live and what they sing and try to actually capture some of that uh, in this podcast so enjoy the podcast and uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about this as we go along Hello, my name is Shash Trevet. I am a poet and a translator of Tamil poetry into English. I write mainly about the 30-year civil war in Sri Lanka, where I'm from, um, about the grief and the trauma that many of the survivors of that war carry around with them into their future lives. I also translate um, Tamil poetry from the island uh Tamil poets who live and write there are writing very important poetry of witness at the moment and by translating them into english i feel as if these important and pertinent voices will be heard across the world so i have a special connection to beaches and uh to the fishing communities I've made many a trip to the beach when I was growing up in Mumbai which is which is an island and which is a, which is an island with some beautiful beaches you you have the Juhu beach you have the beach around Shivaji park and I remember traveling to each of these beaches and watch you know the sand below the feet always felt fantastic and also looking out into the horizon and wondering what lay out there and that continued when i moved to chennai and there was the very famous marina beach uh, where we spent many a wonderful sunday evening so the fishing communities the beaches and the water the salt water beaches always have had a special place in my heart and it was it was really good to explore the songs that the fishing uh communities use when they actually go out into sea and cast their net it was interesting to know that they do it in a very synchronized way because everybody because it's such a large net and everybody has to do it at the same time it's just learning these little things about uh communities that you know nothing much about you have a vague idea and recollection but you really don't know enough so it was fun exploring all these little details listening to various folk songs and for the first time i actually put some lyrics down on paper and composed a song myself which i wasn't sure i would be able to do but it just came to me and uh, it it sounds uh, sounds lovely and it you know it talks about the beauty of uh, how the you know the fish uh, swim and they are caught and this coupled with sasha's poem uh makes for a very good um very, very good learning session so 
obviously in in india the film industry plays a big big role and the film industry in tamil nadu also have a great uh, role to play in bringing communities together and i particularly liked uh, a film that came out in about 5 years ago and one of the songs in that film uh, it does the film set in a fishing community and it talks about their troubles as well as it's a love story but it it sort of touches upon the difficulties of um any community and knowing as we know about the difficulties of the fishing communities here in the UK now it makes for a poignant sort of memory in uh, when i think of the songs that that film had the name of film is kadal and uh, the song that i particularly like is about a bamboo thicket not far, far far away from the beach and this is how the song goes mungil totam mooligavasam nerinjamonam nipadum geedam pawnami iravu pani vilum kaadu ottayadi paadai un kooda podinada idu podum enakku idu podume verenna venum nipodume இது போதும் எனக்கு இது போதுமே வேறென்னவேனும் நீ போதுமே song is about a lover singing to his loved one, tell, telling his beloved that all he wants to do is on a full moon night walk two steps on the beach with her towards the bamboo grove very simple lyrics very beautifully composed and the song has a special place when i think of the uh, fishing communities in and around tamil nadu so hopefully you like the song as well and there is of course uh, some traditional song that you would actually hear a little later on in the podcast so look out for it so uh, resonance uh, the project uh, actually you know resonated with my idea of exploring heritage and uh, tamil as a language and you came to mind immediately sash because i remember in 2018 we had uh, um, you know worked with one of your poems to compose music uh, for hcmf uh, for the project canopy of voices and we worked with different communities and uh, the poem resonated with almost all the participants so it was just a lovely um, way of exploring poetry that you had written and so when tamil was uh, sort of playing its role in my head you came to mind immediately and i was keen that we sort of explored that tamil heritage together um the language and the beauty of what it meant um how did you feel when i sort of approached you 
Well, I was very excited. Um, the thing that slightly worried me was that I um, don't write in Tamil, um, but I translate Tamil poetry. And so um, I was thinking, I didn't know how deeply you wanted to delve into the language, uh, because I'm very comfortable writing and creating in English, but not in Tamil. But we had our uh, first chat about it, and um, it seemed as if it's immanageable because I thought we, we would use the cadences and the structure of Tamil poetry, but I'll be writing English. So that reassured me greatly, and I was very excited about it, really. Actually, my uh, I, I didn't even cross my mind that you would be worried about it because Tamil poetry was never in the forefront of my imagination. Mm -hmm. I always imagined English poetry because it's so accessible. The project was going to be celebrating Tamil uh, literature, heritage, poetry here. So we want people to be able to easily access it. So for me, it was always going to be um, poetry that you would write in English. But I love the uh, fact that you use a lot of uh, lovely colloquial terms, Tamil terms in your poem, um, and, you know, tiny snippets of the language embedded in the poetry. And that, for me, actually is very attractive because it sort of is a curiosity point, isn't it, in poems? Yes, uh, yeah, I, I suppose I immediately did think because the language and the heritage are so tied up together. Yeah. As soon as you say to me, I want to explore Tamil poetry, I immediately think Tamil poetry. Um, but I suppose that's the difference between us, that I deal with words and I deal with music. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm sort of like, a, I, I pick bits that I'm comfortable with and I sort of mix it all together and produce something that's uh, as a bit of a mongrel of both languages, really. Rightly so. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you have to enjoy what you do to that most. So absolutely, you're right to pick and choose what you do with uh, <laughs> how you want to present it. Um, but I think some beautiful, beautiful work has emerged from that initial discussions. And, you know, we've been thinking, what shall we do? And, you know, what is Yapu? And, you know, then I remember you saying, well, Yapu is a very basic meter that was, uh, you know, used in Tamil poetry a long time ago. So we should actually evolve from Yapu and do something a little bit more in the direction of actually exploring uh, the cultures and heritage. Do you recall that conversation? Yes, yeah, or? yeah. I was keen to... Yapu scares me because it's just so... Um, constraining I mean it's so formulaic and if you if you just stray from it by a syllable or a stress then you're not writing Yapu and because I don't write in Tamil anyway it was difficult to transfer the rules of Yapu onto English because the two languages are so different um, but the idea of old Tamil poetry Sangam poetry which used the Yapu meter the Sangam poetry, again, is very formulaic and um, it has these landscapes called Tinne. And so there are five major landscapes and poetry is set within one of these five major landscapes. And each landscape has its own flora and fauna, its own rules 
of how you use the flora and fauna to write your poetry. So I suggested that maybe we should look at Thinne instead, uh, which, which again is a modern take on a, a, you know, an ancient form of writing. So I think we sort of started doing some research into that. Um, and then Absolutely. with the fantastic idea of using work songs, which was just um, a genius idea, I thought. It, it lent itself. I mean, as our discussions grew and as I was reading uh, material, uh, some of which you had researched and sent across to me, it struck me that there is a, there is a whole world there which, is, which connects both the, uh, both the coast of Sri Lanka to the coast of Tamil Nadu effortlessly because of work songs. I mean, work songs are almost pretty identical in both these, uh, um, both both the countries. Although the countries are separated uh, geographically, I think the cultures are pretty similar. I mean, more than pretty similar, they are similar. So I think that is why the work songs appeal to me because that 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 common thread, that common link, um, for me that was really important. So we could work together. So that you, you could you could sort of demonstrate that through poetry, and I could set it to music. So that's what appealed to me, and it did turn out to be fan, super fantastic. I think because yes. the, the things that we sort of got to hear and explore um, that that was just phenomenal. I mean, yeah, I I now sort of almost developed a new love for. Tamil folk songs after this uh, <laughs> after this residency. So watch this space, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to agree. I mean, I don't really listen to Tamil songs. I, I really don't like modern music, whether English or Tamil. So, you know, um, it's not just a, a, a prejudice I have against Tamil film music as such. It's, I mean, I don't listen to English pop music either. But... Um, Listening to these folk songs was different because it was, it was, I mean, some of these folk songs, the words and the rhythms and um, have been handed down from Sangam time. So they're 2000 years old, um, they, they've remained unchanged. Um, and the preoccupations of the songs, you know, mostly they were sung by women. Um, and what was, what really, really resonated with me was that <coughs> Sangam literature is high literature, it's, it's written in the court. Um, and so you have, at the same time as we have what we would call in inverted commas, Tamil classical literature that has come down through time to us. A parallel to that, there was this whole other um, literature of, of the folk literature that was being written and performed and used by people, often women who did not have a voice. But these, folk songs had no place within the classical Tamil canon either. So by um, exploring these work songs, I felt like we were giving a voice to these people who'd been um, marginalised and voiceless within their own literary tradition for, for thousands of years. And, and that's what really made me feel very happy actually doing that. Totally. Uh, and I also realized in my uh, extensive searches on Google that musically, those traditions and those songs have been have been 
like you say, marginalized and sort of only explored in very small uh, circles. And I think there is so much there. And it, it, it is a social thing. The whole, the whole singing during work is a very social thing. And for me, it, it resonated even with my previous project, Lullaby, because um, the, I actually, the, the whole project came to life because I watched these women sing in a field to their children that were sleeping on uh, sling cradles uh, in trees far away. So there was something about the music that kept the children sort of almost calm and soothed. So I, for me, that that actually is a work song because these uh, these mothers were working, they were sewing the paddy, you know, they were putting yeah. the uh, nath uh, or the paddy uh, uh, saplings into the waterlogged ground. And for me, it was, uh, wow. So there is this, there is this whole hidden world of uh, Tamil folk work songs yeah. that you know, we now got a chance to even just have a tiny dented. Like I said, they have completely uh, sort of captured me. So I definitely hope to do more of this. And I hope our project expands as well. So, yes. yeah, no, definitely. That's where, you know, the work songs uh, actually as an idea really worked for us. Yeah, yeah. We've just scratched the surface, haven't we? So much uh, more to find, I think. Totally, totally. Did it did it uh, impact your uh, poetry as well? Did you did you feel that surge when you were writing? Um, well, I had to change the way I wrote because I was just, I was writing songs rather than poetry. Um, so that changed just the the meter and and, and the the rhythm of of the lines. Um, but the preoccupations that I bring into my own poetry, which is mainly, it's it's um, Tamil culture, but it's specifically Sri Lankan Tamil, because even though the two countries are very similar and we share a lot, uh, we're completely different at the moment in the, the current political situation where Tamil is absolutely endangered in Sri Lanka. Um, whereas in India, you know, it's got the freedom to flourish. So by writing, even though I don't write in Tamil, by bringing in the Tamil cadences or uh, Tamil folk stories or whatever that I do, it's my way of keeping the language going. So it was very important to me that that carries on with, within our own project. So even um, in the poetry that I wrote, um, I'd have a couple of verses about the work songs, but I'd slip in a verse about Sri Lanka and the war. Yes and the effects yeah. of, of, of the war on the people living there and working there. So, um, yeah, it was a Absolutely. different thing. Yeah, I love the singing fish and, you know, that, of course, uh, you brought in the bridge from Sri Lanka. So that, that made, yeah. uh, you know, that made an impact. And, you know, that, that actually was quite heartwarming for me because, you know, I was thinking about this fish swimming on the ocean, not really worrying about geographical boundaries. They were swimming and, you know, that is that really. So, <laughs> uh, you know, whether it is in uh, Sri Lanka or in, uh, you know, Ramanadapuram, didn't matter to the fish. So, but that was yeah. lovely to have that poem. 
uh, that, based. Yes, that, that poem's based specifically on the lagoon in Batticolo, in the um, yeah. east of the island, where these singing fish live. Yeah. Um, and uh, they are like a tourist sensation. Everybody goes to try and listen to the singing fish. Right. Um, but the thing is, during the war, the, that, that bridge, Caladi Bridge, is so, it was so important, strategically important, that it was taken over by the military. And the people weren't allowed to go anywhere near it. And the fishermen who fished on the lagoon, which is, which is a massive lagoon, weren't allowed to fish there. And so, and then the waters around Sri Lanka were also um, denied to the fishermen because either the Sri Lankan Navy would stop them going out or the Tamil Tigers would stop fishermen from going out. So their livelihood had been completely destroyed during the war. Um, so in the singing fish of Caledy Bridge, it's all very well for tourists to go and listen to these or try and listen to these fish now. But for 30 years, nobody was allowed to listen to them. And that was the point I wanted to bring into the poem. Or the song. Fantastic. Fanta I mean, you, you did bring in the point quite strongly. So as I was composing, uh, although the, the fish song that you will hear later on in the podcast is, uh, is about the movement of the net going into the water to in unison and you know bringing the fish back and all that that is the rhythm of the song but yet there was an undertone of melancholy in my composition because there was that recognition that you know a lot had changed and the freedoms had been curbed so there was a nod to the fact that you know i understand that and especially because the poem that you had composed was in relation to the Kaladi Bridge and the Singing Fish. Mm. I wanted to say, yes, it is, it's lovely to have a rhythmic uh, fishing, uh, you know, process, but, but actually uh, there is something underneath there. And I also remember the lovely clip that, uh, you know, the, uh, your uh, colleague Ahilan had sent in about uh, the poetry that was being sung there was an undertone of melancholy there as well. Although people were singing it and they've been singing it for ages and ages and ages, there is still that undertone of melancholy. And I, yeah, absolutely appreciate that there is, there is more than just uh, what meets the eye. Um, yeah. 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 And to be aware of that. So thank you for that, Sash. That was, that was quite a, yeah, revelation. I learned something today. <laughs> it's something yeah. that I can't get away from you know sometimes I wish I could but no matter what I have to write it always comes back in maybe yeah no no I I, I, I didn't realize that people were now I didn't realize what I didn't realize and what I learned today was the fact that they were prohibited from fishing there uh, during the oh, war yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that and that it, it's like you know I think only fishermen will understand what it means to be told to stay away from the sea because the air, the, the air is in your uh, yeah. bloodstream. You can't actually stay away from it. No. Interesting. Interesting. Um, thanks for that. So that is interesting. So that's how we actually came about um, selecting our work songs and composing and writing. 
And uh, so the next thing that um, I wanted to speak to you about is uh, our experiences with fishing um, and fishing songs. We had a we had a lovely discussion, didn't we, about um, the sea shanty songs in the UK, and uh, you you also have uh, you know uh, uh, which we will hear in this podcast. You also have given us a beautiful podcast where your son is singing a bit. <laughs> uh, do you want to <laughs> do you want to tell us uh, you know how coincidentally that came into being? Well. It, it was it was interesting. As soon as we started looking at the sea, then you, obviously you get and folk songs. You, you immediately go to the sea shanties and um, the barber shop at St Peter's School in York. Um, they, they recorded a, a sea shanty, which they arranged. And so there are I can't remember how many boys about ten to twelve boys. Um, so yes, I played you that clip, and hopefully we can hear a bit of that. Uh, and then across geography, there's not much difference really. I mean, this is about talking about love and leaving a love behind. Yeah. Um, it, was, it, it was just an added nuance to sea songs, which was like. Yeah. Well, uh, there is a tradition, and I was speaking to Duncan Chapman, who is the sound artist, and I was speaking to him about uh, the fishing broadcasts in Radio 4 as well, because. There's something about the fishing broadcast that has a very um, musical tonality. And I was uh, really keen that we hear some of it in our current podcast where, you know, we can just hear the glimpses of that uh, happening and the, and the announcements about the waters and the high, high winds and, you know, where you can fish and what the weather is going to be like. And so for the first time, I have actually penned some lyrics in Tamil. It's not my thing, penning lyrics in Tamil. I grew up in Mumbai, so I'm very comfortable with Hindi and English in terms of writing uh, lyrics. But to pen lyrics, I, Tamil is my mother tongue, and I speak and read and everything. But to actually pen lyrics, it was a, it was a, it was a job and a half. But for the first time, um, after, you know, I, I thought, okay, I'll take some of what the, um, what the Radio 4 broadcasts are actually talking about, the wind and the high seas and the dependencies and how you can go and not go. So I use that in the lyrics, which you'll hear in the song that, uh, you know, we have at the end of this. Um, but it was an interesting, and, and of course, uh, you and I both have discussed this, Kadalosai, the yeah. radio station dedicated to fishermen on the yeah. coast of Tamil Nadu and some and I, 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 I maybe two years ago if somebody had said to me that I would be fervently listening to a radio station <laughs> dedicated to fishermen and fishing I would have I would have been I would have been laughing and now I do that often I'm listening to the radio station listening to their broadcasts and it's been good have you had a chance to listen? I have listened to them. They're fantastic because they're a community-based uh, project um, uh, radio station as well, aren't they? And set up by fishermen for fishermen, and um, you know, winning all sorts of accolades and uh, notice and recognition, which is just really, really good. 
And they're so lively. Um, yeah, I, I, I've dipped into it uh, when I was writing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, looked, I listened to some of the folk songs that they played when I was actually penning the lyrics. I, of course, didn't use... I was wondering whether I should use any lyrics that were already in the ether, you know, just, just floating around, which I could... But in the end, I ended up doing my own. But it was really lovely to listen to some of the songs that were sung uh, by the locals there and the whole culture of what fishing means to people. I had a lovely discussion with uh, one of the... Uh, radio hosts there. Her name is Gayatri and I'm hoping at some point we'll be able to speak to her through this podcast as well. That uh, she was talking to me about why the radio station was set up and how and what it does. So it's kind of almost a social um, broadcast. So, you know, if somebody wants to broadcast things for the benefit and welfare of the community... Uh, including uh, environmental messages like you should fish um, sustainably, that kind of thing. Mm. That's all going out through that radio station, which is just amazing, yeah. you know, to think that that can happen. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it has, it has been a journey of discovery, wouldn't you say, Sash? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> we started out in one point and we have come to this point where you know, we have discovered, I certainly have discovered a whole new dimension to Tamil Nadu because I am quite inland in Tamil Nadu. When I visit Tamil Nadu, I'm mostly in the temple towns and mostly in Chennai, the city. But to actually focus on uh, Ramanathapuram district and, and the furthest point of India, Danushkodi, which also has a, which surprisingly has a big... Uh, uh, role in uh, Indian mythology in Ramayana. Right. Uh, Danush Kodi was where uh, Rama assembled with all his uh, folks to rescue Sita from Ravana, which from Sri Lanka. So it's like, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> if that's true, it's still a debate. <laughs> yes, well, absolutely. That is a debate for another project, isn't it? <laughs> Wonderful. So, yeah, no, that, that, that's, it's been a good journey. It has. Yes. There are warnings of gales in all areas except the south. The general synopsis at 1800. Low, 200 miles south of Iceland, 960, drifting slowly east and filling. Low, 250 miles northeast of the Faroes, 956, moving steadily north and deepening 940 by 1800 Sunday. High, Trafalgar, 1033, slow moving with little change. The area forecast for the next 24 hours, Viking, north and south of Sierra, 40.
கடல் கரையில் வீடு கட்டி வாழ்கின்ற மீனவர்கள் ஐலசாசாசா காற்றினிலே விழி திரும்பி மாற்றம் ஒன்று நோக்கிருந்து காற்றை நம்பி வாழ்கின்றோம் ஐலசா காற்றை நம்பி வாழ்கின்றோம் ஐலசா ஐலசா படகோட்டி கதைகளெல்லாம்டலுக்கே துணையாகி படகோட்டி கதைகளெல்லாம் கடலுக்கே துணையாக வாழ்ந்து வரும் மீனவர்கள் ஐலசா வாழ்ந்து வரும் மீனவர்கள் ஐலசா 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 decided on looking at fishing songs uh, for this residency, I researched the fishing communities who lived around the north and east of Sri Lanka and who lived in Tamil Nadu in India. I listened to various fishing songs um, that had been recorded and I looked at the role women play in fishing communities, from mending the nets to sorting the catch to selling the catch in the market. By some happy chance, which I, I I can't remember exactly how, but while I was looking at the Tamil fishing communities in Sri Lanka, I came across references to uh, the singing fish phenomenon. In uh, the, the fish that live in Batikala Lagoon, which are reported to sing. Um, this phenomenon has been recorded since the 17th century, and Batikala Lagoon is a major tourist spot where people gather to listen to the songs of the fish. Uh, they only sing on a moonlit night and they congregate under um, a bridge called the Kaladi Bridge. The Kaladi Bridge um, links um, the Batikala um, Lagoon to the mainland and was of... Um, an enormous significance during the war and had been taken over by the army 
um, people weren't allowed to go anywhere near the lagoon or the bridge. And so um, for 30 years, no one really heard the fish thing. And fishermen who normally fish on this lagoon weren't allowed to fish there. This in interested me greatly and was the hook that I was looking for to write a poem about the singing fish of Caledy Bridge. And so that's what I did. Singing fish of Caledy Bridge. Come, let us go where the singing fish gather on a moonlit night under the Caledy Bridge. First one begins and is joined by another, a love song beckoning on the lagoon's ridge. The songs that drift across the lagoon slowly that rise in the air to kiss the moonlight. Guide the fisherman fishing on the waters, mingle with his breath and break open the night. For 30 years, the fish were strangely silent, shut their eyes and their gills and refused to sing. They disappeared like the thousands held at gunpoint in a land overcome with blood and tears. Come, let us go where the singing fish gather, in the waters under the Caledy Bridge. There they sing their bright songs of tomorrow, their love songs beckoning on the lagoon's ridge. So the composition of Eilelo uh, Ailesa was quite interesting. When I set off to make the composition, I listened to a lot of music from um, around um, the fishing community, both in Tamil Nadu and even from different parts of uh, India, as well as I listened to uh, sea shanties from the UK. 
So just getting into the spirit of what the fishing communities uh, actually sang when they went out fishing. And one of the realizations I had listening to uh, Kadalose FM, a very wonderful radio station based in the Ramanathapuram district, uh, in fact, in Danushkodi, which is the edge of uh, Tamil Nadu in India, I realized that the songs actually had a physical meaning, as in the fishermen cast the net together, large nets. They had to cast it together, hold it, wait for the fish to uh, actually come onto the nets and then pull the nets back. And this had to be done in... Uh, sing, uh, in a synchronized manner properly uh, and everybody had to work together collectively and uh, you know in the same rhythm so hence the fishing songs usually had a rhythm which everybody kept to so they sang as they fished and they cast the net and sung the song and rained the fish back so that was a very interesting facet of composition for me so and this is the first time I've attempted to actually write some lyrics that will echo that. So I sat down and wrote some Tamil lyrics and I wanted to echo the uniformity and the rhythm uh, component of a fishing song uh, through my composition. So this is a first attempt at Elelo Ailesa. I'm sure as time goes on, I'll sort of uh, look more deeper at uh, various aspects of the song as well as the rhythm. But... In the first instance, Elelo Ailesa was born out of uh, representing the synchronicity in a fishing uh, maneuver or exercise as practiced by the fisher com fishing communities on the coastal Tamil Nadu regions. Come, let us go where the singing fish gather on a moonlit night under the Kaladi Bridge. First one begins and is joined by another, a love song beckoning on the lagoon's ridge. The songs that drift across the lagoon slowly, that rise in the air to kiss the moonlight, guide the fisherman fishing on the waters, mingle with his breath and break open the night. For thirty years, the fish were strangely silent. 
shut their eyes and their gills and refused to sing. They disappeared like the thousands held at gunpoint in a land overcome with tears and blood. Come, let us go where the singing fish gather, in the waters under the Kaladi Bridge. There they sing their bright songs of tomorrow, their love songs beckoning on the lagoon's ridge. So that's the end of our first podcast in which we have explored the fishing communities and the songs that they sing uh, in celebration and hope and uh, in prayer that they have a good fishing season. And we hope you enjoyed uh, listening to some of the processes and some of our singing as well as some of the poetry and some of... uh, the the sort of the background to how this project and this particular podcast came to happen uh, we are hoping to set up uh, two further podcasts just exploring the same thing and the next one is really interesting because it takes me back to my childhood and it is about the women folk of a village gathering together to pound the rice husks uh, and then uh, create Uh, you know uh, rice powder as well as uh, all the all the special social um, togetherness they experience when they actually come together to pound the rice we'll talk more about that in the next podcast until then cheerio